Yes, I am bringing in Broder Oz. He, he is a Thelemite, okay, and, and a member of the OTO. I'm bringing him in right now. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thanks for having How me, guys. Oh, Pretty good. Welcome. How are you guys doing here? Well, it's Sunday. We're alive. We're breathing, and uh, we're on the phone with you, so stuff's going good so far. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to admit, I've been I've been stalking the the Lima and the LTO for many years. I've never joined. I've always been really curious, and I've actually integrated a lot of of uh, you know what I understand to be their understandings into my practice, and. Uh, we just thought we we should we should reach out and and get one of you guys and uh, bring you in here and let everybody know what Thelema is about and how they can get involved if they so choose. Well, that's so, great. Uh, so, uh, how long have you been reading Crowley? I haven't been reading Crowley. I've been uh, well. I look up quotes and I read everything that's posted on the internet. You know where you can find you know veins of this and that. Uh, I have right. my, you know, like uh, do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law. I have my own understanding of that, and and it goes right in into hand to your video where you explained it. Um, so I don't I don't think I'm that far off base. I really like uh, I really like the whole uh, magical system part of it from from what I gather bits and pieces off the internet. Um, it's really one of those. Things I don't really I don't really feel you get the the full meaning of it unless you are there, and that's what I try to do when I'm reading. I try to be there from what I'm gathering. So, um, with right. that said, let's let's dive right in, man. What what is the Lima? What is, is it a magical fraternity or? Well, uh, while there are magical fraternities uh, that are Thelemic, such as the OTO, uh, the uh, Thelema itself. Is basically it's it's a hard thing to put into words. Uh, it is based upon an individual's personal understanding of a book called the Book of the Law. Uh, the Book of the Law was received by Aleister Crowley. I say received. Uh, it's an it's an inspired document that he said was dictated to him, uh, and he received this book in 1904 in Egypt, and Thelema is basically an individual's understanding and of and relationship to that book. Uh, there are a lot of different organizations that uh, consider themselves to be Thelemic, OTO and several other uh, groups, AA. Uh, but as far as what is Thelema, it's something that's really hard to put into words uh, because it's different for everybody. Uh, it's all about the book of the law, really, and your personal understanding of it. What is the difference between um, being just a, a general Thelemite or being a member of the OTO or being a member of the AA? Are they all the same thing, or do they mean different things? Well, they're they're very different. Uh, OTO and AA, uh, to me, are different branches of... Uh, or, or different ways of approaching Thelema. So the AA, uh, which I'm not a member of, so I don't claim to speak for them, uh, the AA is more of a individual system where it's a more of a teacher-student type relationship. 
only uh, the member is encouraged to do all their own work that are just kind of have a little bit of guidance. And there's no uh, social aspects or group work of any kind involved with AA. And it is, it is a teaching order, if I didn't say that before. OTO, on the other hand, is not a teaching order. Uh, it is more of a social and fraternal order. Uh, of course, through the initiatory system, there are things to be learned, but at the same time, uh, there are no lesson plans or uh, specific practices that, that you are ex expected to uh, adhere to. Okay. Uh, OTO presents the Gnostic Mass publicly, uh, and that's basically the central ritual. Uh, and it's a, it's a great ritual. If you're anywhere near an OTO body, you should go check it out. Uh, they're public, so anyone can attend. You don't have to join. <laughs> oh, really? Always, yeah. always fancied it being kind of a, a, a secretive thing. Uh, no, not really. I mean, the EGC is very public. It presents uh, the Gnostic Mass to uh, in a public format mm -hmm. uh, and provides baptism and, and things, which which uh, is is viewed differently by Thelemites than by you know the Christian Church, for instance. Right. But uh, still, it's it's not so secretive. Uh, you know, a lot of people use magical mottos, uh, which are your chosen name in the church or in the OTO, and uh, they may keep their affiliation with OTO secret. Uh, but the OTO is not necessarily secret. Okay. They're more like a a order with secrets than a secret order. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. That's that sounds a lot there. like what I hear in the uh, the Masons. I am a Freemason, and right, that's yeah, much what we are. It's kind of similar. I mean, originally, in its original form, OTO was loosely based upon Freemasonry. And there are a lot of OTO members who are Freemasons. And uh, so there are similarities there. And gentlemen, if I may, can I chime in, David, just for a second? By all means, um, please. We hear a lot of, like, acronyms here. Um, and I'm kind of a dummy um, when it comes to this. That's why, don't be offended if you don't hear me talk a whole lot today, Oz, because actually this is my day to learn. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this. David's a little further along than I am. Can you tell me what OTO and AA stand for? Uh, OTO stands for Ordo Templi Orientis, okay. uh, which means the Order of Oriental Templars. And uh, AA stands for uh, Argentum Astrum. And I'm not, I'm not all all that clear on all the AA stuff, to be honest with you. I'm okay. not a member. And, uh, I appreciate it. So, uh, with your group specifically, what is the overall mission? What what does your group uh, exist to serve, or what is their what is their overall overall objective? I guess I should say. Well, the OTO's mission, uh, as conceived by Crowley, is basically to uh, establish the law of Thelema throughout the world, to be the voice in a way of Thelema and uh, to promulgate Thelema, which is basically to spread it and to make people aware of it uh, without necessarily attempting to convert people or sway them. Uh, let's see, the mission statement on the U.S. Grand Lodge website is actually right here in front of me, and it says, 
Our mission is to effect and promote the doctrines and practices of the philosophical and religious system known as the Lima. So that pretty much speaks for itself. Just to kind of clarify it for myself, when you say promote and all this, I I don't see you guys going door-to-door door like, like you would see with Jehovah's Witnesses, Christians. Basically, you guys exist when people seek you out, then, then you help them. If, if not, then you don't really go picking that away. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. Okay. That's very true. Uh, a promulgation from uh, at least my understanding of it uh, isn't about standing on a corner on a soapbox with a microphone or beating on people's doors or whatever. It's it's about making the information available and uh, you know trying to allow people to be exposed to it because it's very it's important that people like I say come to their own personal understanding of it and when you try to shove it down their throat it, it that's just not the way it turns out you know mm -hmm. no, no matter who you are yeah it usually gets lost you know it usually gets lost. exactly when you try to force something down somebody's throat um, David and I can certainly agree with you on that yeah so the um, what you were talking about the law of the limo what, what is the law I know it's a whole book but it's been concised down to one statement, has it not? Yes, the law is do what thou wilt. Okay. It, it, in the book of the law it says, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. It also says, there is no law beyond do what thou wilt. Uh, now this is kind of touchy to, uh, to try to explain things for people in the book of the law once again because it goes back to allowing people to uh, come up with their own personal understanding of the book, but it's widely known that uh, the phrase, do what thou wilt, does not mean do whatever you want, or uh, it's very much a discipline. Uh, to do your will, or the flemic ideal of, uh, idea of will, which is the true will, or uh, one's actual uh, nature, uh, what you are meant to do, it could be... Uh, could be uh, thought of like destiny, but I prefer not to look at it that way, personally. Uh, I just think that individuals are kind of naturally inclined towards certain things, and the closer you can get to uh, fulfilling those things, the, the, the better off you'll be and the easier it will be to attain your goals, because the universe will be working with you rather than against you. Mm -hmm. So to kind of deviate from uh, the the questions that we had agreed upon, uh, at this point I have to ask, um, how does one become mm, familiar familiarized with one's will? I mean, is it it is as simple as, you know, right now I wanna I wanna host this show, or you know later on I think I'll go to the store, or or is there a more profound uh, meaning to that? Well, that's a that's a really good question. And, you know, it's hard to say. There's lots of methods that Crowley has laid down to try to get yourself closer to your will. Uh, but basically, it, it it's all about you. It's all about how you perceive what you're supposed to be doing, uh, causing the least amount of restriction on yourself and others. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't feel like I've personally come to the knowledge of my own will in that sense, you know, of being able to put it into a few words. 
but I do get senses of things that feel like it's the correct path that I should be on. And uh, I feel like if it's not, that the obstacles start to arise and uh, there becomes resistance. So that's a, it's a hard thing to say about how, how one would actually discover their true will as, in, as a finite thing that could be put into so many words. Well, that's an honest answer. It must be respected. Sure. You know, the thing is, I think I think all too often we try to put things in too many words, and again, it starts to lose its real meaning. So, yeah, exactly, can, language is very limited, and Crowley exactly. emphasized that a lot, especially when sure. talking about different states of consciousness and whatnot. Sure, I could say, you know, David, I would say that it's all it's not all too different. Many of the paths that we've come across, or that we we walk ourselves, according to you know, to talking about the will, there has to be a balance of emotion. There has to be you know, taking responsibility for your choices and understanding that those choices are going to take you to a place, whether you wanted it to or not, you need to make better choices type of thing. So I can understand. I, I can kind of understand where you're going with this. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm making some sense. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is it is kind of hard to put into words. It really is. So, uh, But you're right, you know, but taking responsibility for your own choices and knowing that only the choices that you make are or what is going to determine the outcomes in your life. Right. Taking responsibility for that and realizing that, and so attempting to to uh, create your life to be what you think uh, what you think you would be the best at, or or mm-hmm. you know. That's well said, and I would completely agree with it. Um, I think every path uh, has has a little element that makes them similar to all. Without understanding yourself or, or your motives, you're not going to get very far in anything. So, you were talking about a lot of these different organizations are, are public. How many people are involved? Are we talking? Are we talking thousands or, or what? Uh, U.S. Uh, in the U.S. Uh, Grand Lodge, we have about 1,200 members, uh, as it was stated in the the new uh, report that came out. Uh, and that's you know there are members who are not necessarily active who still come to events and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. I've heard I've heard worldwide numbers as big as twenty thousand, and I've heard you know as small as six. It's it's really hard to say you know definitively how many thelemites are in the world, and you know and and like you said, uh, a lot of paths intersect, and and a lot of these things are universal truths that uh, so that some people may be living as a thelemite but not necessarily identify themselves as a thelemite or have possibly even heard of thelema, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the way it was with me when I found thelema. The first time I read the Book of the Law and uh, a couple other things, it just impressed upon me so much, you know, that, hey, this is basically what I've been doing my whole life, you know. And a lot, a lot of thelemites have that experience, uh, even though... To even though to really understand it takes a long time of studying the Book of the Law uh, mm-hmm. and your your positions on a lot of the things and your interpretations of a lot of the things will definitely change and evolve over time for you as an individual. As someone sitting in the audience listening right now, what is to what is to be gained by joining? Is it uh, is there any benefits of uh, of being in in the order 
in the in in the OTO or or, or, a, or AA. I mean, uh, oh, it, yeah. I know AA. You said was a teaching order, so obviously yeah. you're going to learn something. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the practices involved uh, with something like AA are uh, chiefly designed. Uh, at least they seem from me, from the outside looking in, to be chiefly designed to train your body and mind to conform to your will or uh, to gain complete control over yourself and start to peel away uh, those external layers to uh, begin to know yourself and to be able to identify that will. Uh, and that's more, uh, what AA is about, you know, is about the individual attaining their own enlightenment. Uh, OTO uh, is more social. It's more about developing the social aspects of Thelema and uh, how to live in societies and uh, to, you know, to promulgate the law of Thelema, surely. Uh, but it's also kind of an experiment in Thelemic society, or not even necessarily an experiment, uh, but a manifestation of Thelemic society, uh, which is something that you won't find in AA. Basically, OTO members, at least the ones who are members of AA, do their work with with their friends and uh, public work and stuff like that through the OTO, and their private work is done at home through the AA system. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, is could I consider it to be a uh, somewhat of a mystery school for self betterment and self empowerment? Sure, definitely. I would consider it that. Okay. That's what it's been for me mm -hmm. uh, as far as OTO, like I say. Mm -hmm. uh, and AA is, is I, would, I would say that's a, a similar tool. So if after the show, uh, and I'll just put it out there now, I, I will be looking more into this because I, just on the surface philosophies we've touched upon uh, on a real basic level, I, I'm very intrigued. Um, because I find them to be similar to what many of us have been practicing already. I guess that kind of puts me in the same boat you were in, I guess you were saying. Right. These orders are out there in the public, these different groups of people, probably scattered all over the country. Is all it feasible that I can find a, I'm sorry, go ahead, all over the world, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but for me locally here in the country, if I wanted to drive to, to, to a, uh, a gathering or a, an event, or if I wanted to get more information is there a centralized place where i can find information on, on on where the public chapters are yes there is uh you can go to oto.org and that is oto international and there you'll find links to uh oto uh in various countries and it will take you to their grand lodge websites uh our us grand lodge website lists i believe 43 uh bodies in the us Wow, that's quite a few. Uh, where are you located? I'm located in Nevada. In Nevada. Uh -huh. uh, I'm not sure that we, that we have a body in Nevada. Yes, they're in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, that's not yeah. too far. So, so we're, you know, it's all over the world. I mean, it's, you know, everywhere from the U.K. here, uh, Russia, Australia, it's all over the world. Uh, now, you might not necessarily find an OTO body that's near you. You know, um, right. I'd say that we're the largest of the Thelemic groups, but 
not necessarily uh, in every state or city. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's something that'll change someday. <laughs> but, but there is there is a way that you can participate, uh, you know, on the in the cyberspace there through uh, through the AA, right? You when when you hook up with those guys, you get one person that you you'll be in contact with, and it doesn't really matter where you're at in the world, as long as you can make make contact with the your your mentor or is it a guide or or whoever you're assigned with? Right, your your superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, from what I understand, uh, there may be travel involved to get your, uh, you know, after the first year or something like that to get initiations. I'm not exactly sure how all that works, but yes, uh, you can participate in AA from anywhere. Uh, like I said, there's not a lot of there's not any social gatherings or anything like that. Uh, like I say, uh, there's possibility that you may have to travel to meet your superior and whatnot, uh, you know, ever so often. But uh, other than that, it's it's mostly individual work that you can do at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as OTO, uh, I'm, there's not any kind of a correspondence type, since it's being that it's mostly uh, social and group in nature. Uh, there's there's not really any way to do any type of correspondence course or and it's not a teaching order in the first place like i said so uh, but but yeah aa is something that that you can do from anywhere uh, if you on actually on the the u.s grand lodge website uh, there's contact information for aa uh, they don't necessarily have a way that you can contact them by email but there is a physical address you can write to mm-hmm. is it frauder or or or, or freighter Oh, I've heard it both ways. It's probably technically frauder. Okay, all right. Uh, I just don't want to look like a dummy a <laughs> hundred times today. Um, <laughs> so, frauder odds. I, I just wanted to throw this out here because we know how the world works. The, the mass think when they think of uh, you know organizations that carry secrets and stuff like this, they always use the word cult. I just want to give you a chance to. Tell everybody that this is not a cult. This is, you know, type type of thing. Well, it's it's definitely not. I mean, there's not any kind of mind control going on or anything like that. It's an organization that promotes uh, individual thought, freedom of thought, mm-hmm. and and action as well. So, yeah, I would definitely would not identify it as a cult. I just know how some. It's no more a cult than Freemasonry is. Put it that right. way. Right. And, and that was kind of my point. You know, a lot of people, they uh, they tend to think of things that they don't have immediate access to as something that, that there's, you know, we're hiding something from them. Or when in truth, all they have to do is say the word, and they have access to the information they're looking for. They just can't, you know what I mean? So sure, uh, yeah. And that was kind of my point. I just wanted to kind of get that out there, and because we know how fear affects some people, if they see a uh, an Egyptian symbol or or. A lot of people, honestly, who are ignorant to, to Alistair Crawley, w- would think that he was just uh, a supreme evil being, and, and and a lot of different other things. So, oh yeah, I mean, I hear that constantly. You know, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm out there pretty publicly, so I get that constantly from uh, Christians and some pagans also. You know, sure. Uh, because, I mean, back in Crawley's day, the newspapers were more like tabloids than than newspapers and they painted him in a really bad light and you know and Crowley did do things that that uh you know that weren't necessarily socially acceptable even today you know 
but I, I, it's my belief that he did those things and said those things in order to uh, break people out of their shells and expand their minds. And and he also he also kind of reveled in it and he played into it, into all the negativity. And you know, and and in a way, I'm thankful that he did because had he not, uh, we may not even know who he is today. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a real shame. We right. have uh, we have some questions from the chat room that we weren't expecting. Do you care if we throw them out at you? Sure, go ahead. Okay. 131 says, can someone ask about the practices of yoga and magic and how they relate to finding your will in Thelema? Wow, that's a really good question. Uh, yoga allows you to clear your mind, asana and pranayama, and also teaches your your uh, teaches you to disregard your physical senses and introspect into yourself uh, and this has a lot of different effects you know uh, different for different people as a matter of fact uh, and it, you know introspection in any form can help you to uh, work out problems within your own life and as far as magic is concerned uh, it depends on how you view magic because some people uh, take the view that magic is something that is supernatural in nature and that it is uh, contacting these spirits that are actual external beings. And some people view magic as uh, things that they do in their life, as Crowley uh, has had put it. Uh, well, he, he talked about how if he wanted to publish a book, he would do magic by taking his... Uh, magical tool being his pen and invoking demons and spirits which are publishers and booksellers etc so it can be looked at from a spiritual or uh, non-spiritual standpoint uh, and the kind of the the position that I take on this is uh, that it is more material in nature and that uh, these banishing rituals and solar adorations uh, help you to uh, balance yourself and to remain mindful of the fact that uh, that you have a, a goal or purpose. And uh, like, for instance, the solar adorations could be considered magic, but uh, they're also something that you do four times a day to keep you mindful of the great work. So, uh, you know, as far as magic goes, that's, a, that's just a, a topic that is looked at from so many different perspectives that it's it's hard to say how... Uh, for any individual, it really uh, impacts them specifically. Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, I don't mean to sound like I'm avoiding questions, but it's just it's just hard to, uh, within the context of Thelema, it's hard to say that one thing is uh, is that thing for everyone. You can't. Mm-hmm. Do you care if I if I try to give a shot at this question? Cool. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I was listening to. Lon Milo Duquette on Coast to Coast, mm-hmm. and and he basically said, and I'm this is a real loose paraphrase. Um, it's not even a quote; it's a paraphrase. Uh, he basically said that the Eastern Yogi and Western Magic is doing the same work at uncovering, like you said earlier, uncovering those layers of delusion. You know, getting rid of all the all the the false ideas and all that stuff. They're basically doing the same thing to get you to your will. It's just Eastern yogi does it inwardly, 
and Western magic projects it outside of self and does it, you know, out into the, you know, if you wave your, if you wave your hand in front of your, you know, in front of your body, yeah. that area that is outside of self is where uh, Western magic will project that and work on it there. So they're basically the same thing. It's just one is inside and the other is out. Right, and and you know, Lon's a, a great guy at uh, putting things into words like that. You know, at at explaining them in a, in a way that they're easy to understand, and uh, and I, I agree with that. Uh, I think that uh, magic is a way of of dealing with these things outside yourself, and I also think that it helps you to deal with the things inside yourself. And some people are uh, more inclined to one, some the other. I want to pick a word that you used earlier, and as you've been talking, I've been I've been looking over uh, the Grand Lodge website for the United States. It talks mm-hmm. about uh, the same word, the Gnostic, uh, not the Gnostic part of it. Um, I've always said if I had to be a Christian, if, if someone held a gun to my head and made me say it, made me made me promise to be a Christian, I would probably be a Gnostic Christian. How big of a role does does the Gnostic part of it play in your organization? Well. Uh, once again, for some, it plays a big part. Uh, for me, I believe that uh, that God, if you could identify it as a separate being from yourself, uh, is within all things and within all of us. And I believe that we that we all have the ability to tap into that and to uh, to achieve that gnosis or oneness with God by. Right. Uh, uh, exterminating the idea of duality and realizing that all things are indeed one thing, as Crowley has said. Uh, Gnosis uh, is a big part of Thelema for me, Uh, you know, seeking that Gnosis, which is something that is uh, is fairly absent in a lot of other paths, uh, relying on others to administer these things rather than relying on yourself and your natural ability uh, to do this or to uh, attain enlightenment. Uh, it's kind of like the difference be- between groveling before God and realizing that you are at one with God. Right. Mm-hmm. That was very well said. It brings me to a quick story that David's heard before, and I've probably told him the show, but I had this young, uh, this young student. This student would never leave me alone. He would hit me up at all hours of the night, asking me for the secrets of the force. Finally, I got sick and tired of it, and I said, look, I'm going to tell you a secret that only the most wise of masters know, but you can't tell them that I told you this, and uh, I'm going to give you the the key to the force, and, and you'll be the most powerful being on earth. And this student was very excited by this. He finally had irritated me enough to get me to spill all the secrets. So I made him wait for several minutes, then after that, I made him wait like another hour, <laughs> and he was just going to explode. Uh, and and then finally, when I was done playing with him a little bit to to, to kind of make him try to soak all this all this uh, you know wasted energy in and then you know get rid of it, I tell him, okay, secret of the force is this, or the key to the force is this, you. And he just he didn't say a word. You're the key to the force. You're the key to God. You're the key to everything. It's just kind of the way people are, are so busy looking away from themselves to find these different entities. And honestly, they probably all exist because they exist inside us, as you said. you know. Right. I don't believe 
that I'm one with God. I believe I am God to a point because I was created by God. I can create other things. I can, you know, we all can create things just by just by giving it a thought. I guess I can agree with with, with what you said because that's people. I, I guess are busy chasing ghosts when when uh, the thing that they've been looking for is inside them the whole time, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's something that. Uh, looking outside yourself is something that has been bred into us, you know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a hard thing for a lot of people to break free from. Crowley talks a lot about that, about uh, what he calls slaves, and uh, you know the fact that and he talks in Magic Without Tears about the fact that ninety uh, percent of people, if you tell them, you know, to if you make them make their own decisions, they're not having any of it. They don't they don't care about it. They they are so conditioned to look to others that they don't know how to look to themselves. And, you know, that kind of goes back to peeling those layers away. You know, this is the this is the self that I show to uh, the world. This is the self that I show to my parents and family. Well, where is the self that you know for yourself? Where is your real self? You know, and, and how do you find that? And And... The journey to finding that is very important. Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with the teachings of Ramana Maharshi? I am not. Okay, he he was a I don't even know what religion he was, but uh, he basically his his main uh, his main teaching is that the end to all inquiry is the original question, which is who am I? Right. And if you ask yourself, who am I, uh, the brain just goes haywire, you know, um, and it starts uh, puking up all these answers of uh, trying trying to give you an, an, an example, an explanation of something that you are. Um, and you basically have to exhaust every effort for your mind to uh, uh, get right down to the bottom of it. You are not your clothes. You're not your title. You know, you're not your the body you were born into. You know, you're not uh, you're not all of these things. So what are you? And whenever you when you strike through everything and even the ego itself, you know, I'm David. Uh, you are you are Henry. He is Justin. When we get rid of all these these notions of who we think we are, what are we left with? We're left with that oneness, with that gnosis. You know the the idea that man is God, the idea that uh, that there is no I really, and you know that that's just a falsehood that our brain creates from our experiences, mm-hmm. uh, which you know is real enough. I mean, I can touch this glass, you know, I know it's there, but at the same time, you look at the glass and you see the other side of it. So we both have different perspectives of it, and there's just no way of getting around that, you know, as far as the ego is concerned. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to destroy all those notions is to is the true gnosis and peace, you know. I, I can only hope that I will get to that point, you know, at, at some time during my life. You know, not many people do really, uh, really attain that, you know. Mm-hmm. So you 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 wrote some music, and we uh, I've listened to it. It's at the the link is at nightsawakening dot com. It goes to your MySpace page, Frater Oz Music with a K. Um, 
I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, probably well, thank up, you. I appreciate it. I'll probably end up picking up the, the CD. I'll probably download an MP3 when I get the money. Right. And um, do you care to discuss any of that and take us into break where we will we'll play a sample of that? Uh, sure. I, uh, when I started my YouTube channel, uh, where I talk about the Lima, I read. I mostly read uh, the works of Crowley. Uh, I made a a short video uh, with some excerpts of me uh, speaking lines in the Gnostic Mass set to music, and there was a pretty good outcry on it. And I had someone make a suggestion that I should write a song using uh, a portion of Chapter Three in the Book of the Law. And I did that, and it just kind of took off from there. I've been playing music since I was six or so, you know, my whole family plays. So it was just kind of a natural progression for me, and I've kept up with it. I enjoy it a lot. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the song. Okay, and this is this is Selfless that Father Oz made.
listening, talking to Friday Eyes on the Lima. That was a song by Friday Eyes. Uh, a very a very timely one, too, because it just fit right in with what we were talking about. It did, didn't it? <laughs> I like that. You guys must have planned that. No, we're not We're not that good. <laughs> we do have a couple more questions from the chat room, if uh, if you care to. Okay. Okay, it's uh, again from 131. They have left now, but we'll catch it on the on the replay. No, they're still here, David. Oh, yeah? Oh, mm-hmm. so you're right. Okay. She says, or he says, I'm not sure. Um, what what are the typical practices of thalamites? Even though each person is unique, are there specific yoga magic practices that were given by Crowley for Thelema or for members of the OTO? Uh, yes, there are. Uh, you have uh, a ritual called Libra Resh, which is uh, solar adorations. Uh, they are performed uh, the four stations of the sun, dawn, noon, uh, sunset, and midnight. Uh, you can see a video of me uh, reading the ritual and performing it on my YouTube channel. Uh, this is to... Um, it's to help the Thelemi identify with the sun. Uh, it's a very solar philosophy and um, it hinges upon the idea that we now realize that the sun is always shining brightly we don't have the uh, archaic idea that the sun dies and is reborn uh, that people had before they really understood the workings of the solar system Uh, so it helps us to identify with the sun at all hours of the day and also to keep you mindful of your own personal great work there's also uh, the Star Ruby, uh, which is, and there are several different rituals that uh, run kind of parallel with other rituals uh, in ceremonial magic, but are, have been rewritten for the new eon. Uh, being the Star Ruby, the Star Sapphire, there is uh, many rituals. Uh, the Mass of the Phoenix, uh, you know, there there are many rituals that are associated with with uh, Thelema. Uh, and also other practices, uh, yogic practices like asana, which uh, is basically putting yourself into a position and remaining there, uh, stilling yourself and stilling your mind. Uh, And there are also many other practices that Crowley lined out. Uh, They're not necessarily specifically designed for the OTO. They're more so designed for individual work uh, and the AA. some of these practices are, are done by people in the OTO because we're all thelemites. Uh, but, but yeah, there are, there are lots of practices, and they can be found throughout Crowley's works. Uh, I recommend buying um, Libra ABA, or it's also called Magic Book 4, uh, and this outlines many of the practices, uh, and it, it's really an invaluable resource for any thelemite. Uh, I also recommend Lon Milo Duquette's books highly, uh, his book, uh, The Magic of Thelema and uh, The Magic of Aleister Crowley. These are uh, also really great books, especially for those who find Crowley difficult to read. Going back to what you were talking about with the, the, the solar theme, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned all hours of the day and, and all this, and what, what's going on through my mind whenever I see the sun and it's you know, perpetual state is sitting there slowly revolving and the earth is just kind of going around it. Um, that kind of dissolves the concept of linear time to me. Is that part of that that lesson too? Is that there there is no 
There is no past. There is no future of basically an ever-present nowness. Well, I guess you could look at it that way. I've never really thought about that, to be honest with you. Uh, I've looked at it more uh, from the perspective of uh, the old eon versus new eon, uh, the old eon being... Uh, uh, based chiefly in Christianity and all these other uh, religions that identify with this dying and resurrected process, and whereas the New Eon uh, makes this recognition that we are each an individual star, uh, as it says in the Book of the Law, every man and every woman is a star, mm-hmm. and it helps uh, these adorations help you to realize this in that way by identifying with our star or the sun. I don't know. Uh, I mean, like I said, I suppose you could look at it that way. I just never have really thought about it from that perspective. Okay. Just some some um, philosophical circles I go in, they they really uh they really get on the whole nowness thing because it, uh, it can it can help in what you're doing. Let me ask, as far as your organization goes, what are the organization's views on uh, service to others? Uh, things like that. Do you guys have uh, stuff that you do for others? How do you guys view that? You mean uh, the OCO? Yes. Okay. The organization uh, well, you belong to. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I would say that the OTO is more focused uh, on uh, freeing the individuals that come to the OTO than we are on necessarily uh, charity uh, outside of the order. Uh, you know, individual members do uh, things on their own, those that feel the need. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there are other Thelemic organizations that do more charity work. Uh, but uh, I would say that uh, it's not necessarily that uh, the order doesn't uh, want to be charitable. It's just uh, right. that resources are limited and and uh, we, at least I, as an OTO member, once again, I just want to make sure everybody realizes that I don't officially speak for any organization. All these are just sure. my views. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, personally, uh, I think that uh, presenting the Gnostic Mass in a public format, promulgating the Law of Thelema, is uh, doing a big service to mankind. And I think that that's the way that uh, the OTO was really meant to uh, to do charity, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I just want to clarify, not so much the word charity, because that, that evokes a certain, you know, absolute meaning to most people. I was just curious about, you know, service to others. Every philosophy has its its views on that, and uh, just to clarify, it's completely okay. You know, <laughs> it's completely okay to, sure. to, you know what I mean? It wasn't uh, really a loaded question, it was just a question. <laughs> oh, it was kind of a loaded question. <laughs> No, it's fine because here on our show we entertain philosophies or paths or organizations that will come out right out and say, you know, our organization, our path, our philosophy is not designed to serve others, and that's completely okay. We understand that although lots of people like to separate the world and everything around them, and they like to have two sides of the coin, David and I, and, and the goal of this show is to help people understand that the only reason there's two sides of a coin is because we put it there. Um, right, and and that all perspectives and all philosophies are good and true in the in one way or or another. So, no, it no, it's completely okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, compassion is something that that Crowley uh, talked uh, 
and different manners about, you know, uh, and, and a lot of his views on compassion had to do with uh, the way in which uh, you presented it to a person. You know, uh, uh, he thought that it was degrading to a person to uh, to offer them pity and and whatnot, rather than allowing themselves to uh, allowing that person to pull themselves up. And you know, that, a lot of people embrace that. You know, uh, some of the things said in Chapter Two of the Book of the Law and stuff like that that seem on the outset to be uh, uh, mean. Just downright mean, but uh, you know when when you when you look at these things from a more philosophical standpoint and read what Crowley had to say about them, you kind of get the the meaning that uh, it's not that there is you know it's not that compassion is is something that's bad to have. It's that when you degrade someone else by expressing it, uh, you're restricting them. Mm-hmm. And the Book of the Law says uh, the word of sin is restriction. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to change the the rhythm or or anything of what's going on right now. Uh, from the chat room, one three one wants to know if you have any new songs or projects coming out. Uh, well, uh, actually, there's a podcast coming out tomorrow that I played a part in. Uh, I did a reading of one of Crowley's works or a portion of it for the podcast. Uh, you can find that at uh, speechinthesilence.com. Uh, that will be coming out tomorrow. Uh, uh, I've got uh, a band that's that's going right now that is not uh, Thelemic in nature. Uh, that is another project that I'm into, uh, but we don't really have anything coming up or anything you could go check out. Uh, as far as my personal music, uh, uh, th- things will be coming. <laughs> I just wait. I kind of wait until I'm I'm inspired. You know, I have to, or else I don't feel like the. I feel like the work suffers if I don't. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. so I, I but yeah, you guys should check out that podcast. Uh, it's going to be great. It's uh, the the first episode. Airs Where do we find that? At speechinthesilence.com. dot com. Okay. And that that would be findable through your YouTube channel or through uh, my no, page or something. No, it, no, it's not. I'm not like one of the. Uh, okay. Can you share with us any any more? You know, we're real we're real big into philosophy, and we could talk. I could talk all day about it. You were talking earlier about totally, you know, don't restrict anybody. Uh, kind of going along that theme. I'm just going to open it up and let you let you discuss anything you want to talk about, man. Okay. Well, uh, to talk about restriction, uh, it's really what Thelema is against: is restriction of yourself. Uh, by your own neuroses and psychoses and, you know, restriction of others. Uh, There's a theory that if we are all doing our wills, that there would be no real uh, conflict or restriction, and that uh, that's one surefire way to tell if someone is out of line, not necessarily uh, uh, to tell who it is that's out of line, but uh, is when there is restriction caused. Uh, You know, I feel like the way our, our whole country runs is based on restrictions and although some of them do work to our benefit uh, I think for the most part these restrictions are unneeded and unwanted uh, by most of the people Um, I don't know as far as philosophy goes uh, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law I don't know how much better I could say it than that to be honest with you 
seek your will, seek your 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 truth, and find it for yourself. You know, I really I really don't know what else to to give you guys. To be honest with you, uh, okay. Uh, just yep. would like to encourage everyone to read the Book of the Law. It can be found on the internet. All you have to do is type the Book of the Law into a Google search. Okay. Uh, go to my YouTube, and I've uh, got a recording of it there. There's you can find it anywhere, and it's it's just it'll take you 20 minutes to read. It's three short chapters. Uh, just read it and think of what it means to you and uh, assimilate it into your worldview is what I would ask of everybody that's listening. Uh, whether you uh, believe that it's some inspired document or just something that Crowley wrote, you know, just see what impression it makes on you and, and integrate that into your life. Every story has you know, an intention or a purpose, and people can find truth in just about everything they read if they're open to it, if they're open to another perspective. Um, I've certainly been guilty of mixing all kinds of religions uh, together that would probably get me killed in some countries um, <laughs> because I have I have this saying, I, you know, I tell people all the time, pick out the trash, get rid of the garbage, keep the stuff that's good for you. Only you know what's best for you. I don't care what anybody tells you. If somebody tells me that I need to see a priest, I'm only going to see a priest that's going to advise, advise me and not tell me, you know, for example. I think uh, Alistair Crawley has a lot of good things to say if you're open and you're receptive to uh, a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, Crawley was a big proponent of, of uh, you know, uh, uh, being smart about keeping things in your life that are good for you and discarding right. things that are bad for you. you know? Right. I believe it was in Deleuze Labellum, the what I just uh, read for that podcast, that he says, uh, 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 if you are sure of your will and sure of your means, then any actions or thoughts that are contrary to, me, to those means are contrary also to that will. Right. So, you know, that pretty much exemplifies that, that, you know, you should definitely determine the things that are working against you and, and discard them. Sure. Put sure. them aside. And that would bring me probably to my last question for you that I have, because I have a lot of stuff I need to look to look at now. Based upon our meeting, there's a lot of interesting stuff that, that I've briefly dug through um, during the conversation today. Uh, and, and, of course, a lot of stuff I need to – I really need to get a shovel and start digging because I need to kind of wrap my mind around this whole thing. Anyway, There's a lot of digging to be done, too. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, I got a big shovel, <laughs> and I have a big bucket to pour all the dirt in. Let me give you an example. I'm not a Christian, but I love the works of Jesus Christ, for example. Here's mm -hmm. a guy took compassion to, to as far as it could go, I think. Um, he wasn't fr afraid to break stuff, but he wasn't afraid to love everyone, even when they were killing him. But I'm c completely not Christian at all. So what I'm saying is, and the reason is because there's too much dogma in a lot of boxed-up religions. I guess my question is, does dogma exist in any form in your philosophy? Hmm. For some people it does. Hmm. Uh, some people don't allow themselves to subscribe to dogma, and some do. Uh, I believe that you're going to find that wherever you go. And, you know, that kind of talks uh, about what you're talking about, which is the, the, the fact that... Uh, you know, all prophets are true, uh, and and all of these things relate back to these same universal truths. And uh, but the, but it's only the 
organization and the the interpretation that uh, leads to all these negative qualities like you see you know I, I don't necessarily uh, think that that uh, the Christian church is something that should be as dominant as it is but I definitely do see that there is value in the original message however that original message is far removed now from what it most likely was in the beginning uh, so I, I can definitely see validity in that, you know. Right. Where can where can we buy your uh, music from? Uh, well, the links are kind of hard to get to. You can find the downloads pretty easily on uh, Lulu.com, mm -hmm. and then uh, you can look on either uh, my MySpace uh, that's just under Freighter Oz or my music MySpace, which is listed in your links, and there are banners there that you can click on. Uh, to get downloads or CDs, they're two separate links. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a recording of uh, an audio recording of Crowley's "The Soul of the Desert" that uh, the proceeds benefit uh, the local OTO body here in Dallas. So yeah, I encourage everybody to to take a look at those and and purchase them if it's your will. Uh, there's you can listen to them on the MySpace before you decide, and uh, mm -hmm. I'll appreciate it. We will certainly do that. I, I, I certainly will. But uh, we'd like to thank you for coming out to the show, man. It's been a, it's been a wonderful time. I'm always, it just delights me to know in to find other people and other groups of people that are out there doing, uh, doing what I perceive as as the right thing, you know. And you, you can get into the right and right and wrongs and definitions and labels and all that, and that's real dangerous. But uh, there's a there is an empowerment of the people that I think needs to be brought about. That's that's why we're called Knights of Awakening. You know, we believe in, in giving it to them, not trying to hold them down and pin them with it. So uh, we salute yeah, you. Yeah, I definitely and, agree, and I, I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on today. Mm -hmm. Anytime Thank you, you need us to, uh, to do anything, man, just give me a holler. Uh, we'll, All right, great. We'll get it out there. It's All right, good, thank uh, you. It's certainly good to meet people who are strong in their path. And, again, it's not the path that's important. It's the people walking the journey. So we want to thank you uh, for your time, Frater Oz. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Love is the law. Love under will.